Hello everyone, I am Marcibel and this is the Marcibel Podcast. to the show this is the more civil podcast a podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for blacks and asians and those who love them i'm your host most civil nigerian born u.s educated korean speaking struggling intellectual i have on the show today a spectacular fan and a guest this is the first person that i met online through my show so i think one of the perks of having a show is sometimes you want people that are more than your friends and families to at least identify with your show so he was the first person that broke that barrier as far as contacting me and letting me know i love your show i love what you stand for um you should explore these topics and that topic like almost every episode i have on my website he's made comments on them and so i was like mr kenny kenny i was like who's this kenny and for those that are not nigerians kenny is a very um, popular yoruba name it's mostly stands for kenny meaning you know twin and all that but anyway i was very curious about mr kenny and you know when he emailed me finally because he I, I posted a question on one of my episodes and he accurately guessed what it was about so the giveaway was that if you could count how many times a guest of mine had used a particular word you get to tell me what topic you would like for me to explore on the show so mr kenny one of course and um i was able to bring him on the show to do justice to a topic that is very important to i'm sure a lot of people can resonate with this and it's also very important to mr kenny and you'll find out as as, as soon as we go on so um i've been calling his name kenny so his name is mr kenny day um Pokola. he's a husband he's a dad and he's a lover of life and according to him, you only get to live one life, so live it. He was born in Lagos, Nigeria. He currently resides in the UK. He's a digital analyst with over 10 years experience in all things online. He has proficiency in digital analytics configuration and reporting. So like stuff like Adobe, Omnitor, and um, Google Analytics. He also does some website development. Um, he's good with MarTech and FinTech configuration. You can tell I have no idea what this is all about. <laughs> he has a BS in computer science from Babcock University in Nigeria and an MS in business information systems management from Middlesex University in the UK. He loves thriller shows, TV shows, and audiobooks. He consumes a lot of audiobooks. Michael Connolly and Lee Child are his favorite. Anyway, everyone, um, please join me in welcoming my guest for today, Mr. Kenny. Hello, sir. Hi, Mo. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you. What an impressive um, repertoire. So how's the UK today? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We're coming up to the tail end of summer, so yeah. we're in that autumn, autumn weather. So it's, yeah, it's my favorite time yeah. of the year. Yeah. yeah, I like fall. I, I just like fall. There's something about fall just before winter. And I mean, you just get to see the leaves change. You get to see, you know, like you're calming down in a way from the hotness and the, the madness that was summer. You know, fall is like a promise of rest in a way for me. Yeah, but for me, it's, it's the fact that it gets darker quickly. So um, before we start daylight yeah. till about 8, 9, yeah. and then now, yeah. Anyways. 5, 6 is already dark. But yeah, it's good times. Good times. <laughs> Seasons change. And it's good. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what it was like growing up in Lagos? And I know you're a twin, right? From your name, I could tell that. Yeah, so I'm a twin, um, Tawo and Kendi. And we are the first of first and second of four children. So t- it's Tawo and myself, and we've got two sisters. Uh, um, yeah. Tawo. Yes, we're doing school. Really? Um, uh, yeah, we are. Uh, funny, enough, <laughs> funny enough, we studied the same... We studied the same course in our undergraduate hey, did you um, used to like, program. Did you used to like, you know, have one person take tests for you and be like, go nah. stuff for me? You never did those train. Nah, nah, nah. I never did all those hey, fans. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Rivera then Scotland, then even E2 did his masters here in the UK, but it was based up not in Manchester, I was based in London. And sometimes I walk around the streets of London and then I see people look at me funny and <laughs> I say, oh, okay, I think I, I get what's going on. Yeah, you must have known my stream, but I know, like, yeah, oh wow, you guys look so much alike. And, yeah. Oh, wow, isn't like the popular one? <laughs> uh, no, I'll say I'm more like the popular, it's a bit more quiet than me, oh, but okay. yes. Okay. So what's your family structure like, you know, um, what part of Lagos did you grow up in? So I grew up in um, Iju, Agege side. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, so it was just us um, and our dad and um, our dad and mom. And um, yeah, we pretty much stayed lookout pretty much in on the island, on the mainland uh-huh. and did most of our school on the mainland. And um, But when I finished from university, I was working in the bank for a while. I worked with can teach us back for a while. Oh, GTB. Um, so yeah, yeah, GTB. So uh, I swapped island for a while, and then yeah, um, yeah, that that was it. I worked in the bank for three years, and then decided to come to the UK for my masters. Uh, finished up my masters, I was able to get a job afterwards, and then yeah, decided to stay. Met my wife here. Aww. Uh, yeah, we got married here. Yeah. And then yeah, decided to settle here. Oh wow, good. I like love stories, so when you talked about me to your wife, I kind of like, oh. <laughs> Anyways, I know that you've been in the UK for more than 10 years, because I brought you on the show on a separate time to do like a live show. What would you say, what would you say was the hardest adjustments for you to make? Um, it's the culture, the cultural change of how things are done in Nigeria, and then when you come over to the UK. So I came as a student, so even the academics were quite different, the the learning methods yeah. between the two countries were different. Yeah. And then generally the lifestyle about um, making friends, meeting people, um, they're a bit more reserved here yeah, in this part of the world. That's supposed to be in Nigeria where everybody's in your business, but yeah, yeah. they're a bit more reserved. And um, But yeah, after a while you get used to these things and you, know, you, just, you just adjust. You just have to adjust. Um, they say the constant thing is, in life is change. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and there's anything I think most Nigerians are used to is just we're very resilient. We know how to adapt. Yeah. Easily. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, okay. And do you get a visit home? Um, by home, I mean Nigeria. Um, often. Oh, no, the last time we went was when we got married. Uh, My wife and I, Tito and I, got married. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'd mentioned earlier while I was trying to introduce Mr. Kenny that he had reached out to me, and I'm gonna read the email he sent to me because it's gonna form the bulk of our main discussion. So he said, Hi Mo, trust you well. Huge fan of your podcast. Keep up the good work. With regards to topics, wondering if you can talk about fathers and support for them. Everyone believes fathers should be strong and just provide financially while the mothers raise the children. I'm a father to a three-year-old daughter with a rare medical condition, which has resulted in massive learning and developmental delays. My wife and I are very hands-on with raising our daughter. What I've experienced in the three years of fatherhood is that the mothers get more support than fathers. I'm Nigerian-born, but been living in the UK for the last eight years. Do you have any guests who can talk on the topic, on fathers and support for them? Many things regards Kenny Popola. So when I got this, I was like, okay, first, it really honored me that you would consider my platform 
the right place to like talk about something very important to you and of course you know you coming out there and just asking about that and trying to not just for yourself but also trying to create awareness and support for people like you so i want to just let you know that because i remember we kept on emailing back and forth and i, I was like you know what I, will, I i can think of somebody that can talk about this but i feel like they might not do this topic justice like would you mind mr kenny would you mind you know you coming on the show and us talking about it and you didn't even waver you were like sure let's do that so thank you and um in talking to Mr. Kenny more and more, I found I got to know about his daughter Olivia, by the way, and um, he sent me pictures. I've seen some pictures of of her, and basically what we're going to talk about is the rare disease, and um, I'm going to let him talk a little bit more about it because I I did do some reading about it. I know about the class of the disease, but I didn't know about the specific one. So it's called the 1P36 deletion syndrome, and um, it's a chromosome disorder that typically causes severe intellectual disability. So most people that are affected, they do not speak, or sometimes might speak a little, you know, word. And of course, they have other kinds of issues, you know, like heart diseases, eye problems, hearing problems, and sometimes they might even have um, a lot of epileptic episodes. But I'm going to let Mr. Kenny talk about his experience. So can you tell us a little bit about Olivia, maybe starting from your wife's pregnancy and up until when you guys found out and all that. Okay, yeah. Uh, my wife and I got married five years ago, um, and then we just left it for a while before we started trying. And then when she got pregnant, the pregnancy was fine. Um, it was like the happiest pregnancy ever because at the time when we were expecting, I also had a colleague who was also expecting and then the due dates were pretty much the same. And the stories he will come back with about different cravings and the morning sickness. But we didn't have any of that. It was no morning sickness, no extra cravings. So it was good pregnancy. We were looking forward to it. Um, and yeah, we had the due date. And then the due date came. Um, nothing happened. She did all the things that the midwife said, walk up and down, eat spicy food, yeah. <laughs> all sorts. Nothing happened. And then, okay, the doctor said, okay, let's just wait. And usually the placenta can just take, um, can just sustain after two weeks. So they said, okay, the two weeks mark, if it reaches the two week mark, then she will have to be induced. Um, so it was just the induction that was the major thing within the um, pregnancy. But even the induction itself wasn't much of a problem, but just a case of giving her the injections and then it just stimulated the labor process. And yeah. Olivia was born, um, yeah, without incident, went fine. We didn't have to stay in the hospital for long, and we got home. Um, and then a few weeks, three, four weeks, and then we got to got to about six weeks when we decided to do the dedication at church. Mm-hmm. And then during the dedication at church, I had my aunt, my grandma, were around for the dedication. And during the education, we noticed Olivia was like shaking her hands in like a funny way. And I said, hi, Grandma, look at uh, what Olivia is doing. The, have you noticed any, anything like this before? I said, no, it, it looks a bit odd. Uh, we should try and um, see a doctor and yeah. find out what's going on. So we went to see um, the doctor. And the doctor said, mm, yeah, we explained to him, okay, this is what we noticed. Sometimes she shakes her hand. And then he said, oh, it might be seizures that she's having that we should start recording it. So we started recording it. Anytime it happens, we record it. And then we, after a few days, we went back to the GP. So okay, this are the time she has had it. So, okay, definitely is seizure. And then referred us to a specialist hospital. And then at the specialist hospital, they gave us the diagnosis that, okay, looks like she has a... Uh, the 1P36 deletion. And then just as a background for, to let your listeners know um, all about the uh, condition. So in like in bio, for science students or people that know about science, in 
biology they teach you that the cell is the basic unit of, unit of life. Yeah. So you have um, cells, and cells combine to form a tissue, tissue combines to form organs, and then the organs form the body. So this deletion happens at the cell stage. So each, when two people meet, um, they contribute 22, 22 chromosomes each, each yeah. to form to form a cell. Um, and the chromosomes are numbered 1 to 21. And then the last one, the 22nd chromosome, is the X and Y. And that's what determines whether it's a boy or a girl. So as the name suggests, 1P36. So that means it's the first chromosome. So in the first chromosome, out of those 22 chromosomes, there's a deletion within the cell structure. And that deletion um, causes... He has a lot of things. So the seizures are part of the um, effects of having that chromosome deleted. There's low muscle tone. There's developmental delays. And yeah, those are the outcomes of having uh, the chromosome deletion. So it's a case where we're in this process and it's just a case of managing it, managing um, upgrading. Yeah, yeah. Comes with it. Just a slight correction. There are 23 pairs of chromosomes each in it. Oh, yeah, 23. Yeah, yeah. No, no, 22. And then the 36 stands for the location of deletion on the chromosome. So, because each, yeah. each chromosome has like um some some markers on it. So, the 36 yeah. stands for the location on the first one. So, that's why it's a 1P36 chromosome. Now, um, I, I do have some experience with working with rare diseases. But, of course, um, what I work with is for skin rare diseases, which is of course mostly in older people not not babies like you know you like you'll have like deletion syndrome and um these ones are not autosomal in any way and they do not cause like you know developmental delay so i can say as a whole apart from muscular dystrophy which i've you know worked on in the past i haven't seen something quite as extensive as this because it seems like it really does affect a lot now um looking back in that six weeks like from what you know now about condition as well um was there anything you think that um, as far as people that might be curious to know, because I do know that it is genetic, but as far as them maybe detecting it in utero, are there some tests they could have you know done to have you know found out earlier? Or I mean, there are tests you can do like when a woman is pregnant, there are different tests they carry out. Um, but to do to detect things like this, yeah. they have to do like a, a pre, and it's quite dangerous. Uh-huh. I guess into realms of weighing the pros and cons. Like if you want to do that test, because from that singular test they can determine so multiple things, cases yeah. but it's a very risky test because if anything goes wrong yeah. then it can affect um but with cases like this there are recognitions like this one p36 yeah. it happens in one in five thousand beds there are also different conditions out there that can be say one in ten thousand beds so it's just a case of just keeping faith like we've done additional tests and we've just found out that it was just an anomaly mm. the likelihood of it happening again is really low yeah. so even if we've decided for the next one, we're not going to be having any tests. It's just a case of yeah. just have to keep hoping for the best. And yeah, um, yeah. I mean, sometimes I've even I know some cases where they do this kind of test, and the doctor like you know tells them what they see, but then the child comes out and it's like you know, oh sorry, um, we thought it was going to happen, but I mean the test can only go a long way. Like it could it could turn out to be positive when they do the test, and the ch- child can come out without having any of those things that they found in the test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I should also say that I really love how very um informed you are, and I can imagine your wife is that way about as well. And how both of you are just like you know that importance of tag teaming and really having a wealth of knowledge as to what needs your daughter would have in the future, and just basically reading more about it and knowing more about it. Because I do know you're also part of a, a support group in the UK for people like you that have kids with special yes. needs. Yeah. And um, I want to commend you and your wife for at least, you know, for doing that and being ahead of the curve. And which kind of brings me to 
like the main topic and i know even me just even calling you out and saying hey um <laughs> and i try to pad it by including your wife but i can imagine that people might just look at you like oh as a father you shouldn't worry yourself about it your wife should be the one but you seem like a very hands-on father because i think like every father should be hands-on because you you contributed to the making of the baby so me even selecting that aspect and commenting you on that is a bias already i'm a product of a society we live in first of all let me as a friend in your case where you're such a hands-on dad and and for your child that really requires you know a lot of help and support so why do you think as a whole we fall short as far as recognizing the roles of fathers like you and what can we do to begin to change that yeah it's a bit of a tricky one i guess it's something that has been ingrained through the generation especially like in the african cultures where um, the man was just seen as the breadwinner. You just go out and the mother just takes care of the child. And then the man was more of like the disciplinarian or trying to, trying to keep the children in line. And, um, but things are changing. And what you find is two, two is better than one. If two people are hands on with the same goal, doing the same thing, it's easier. Firstly, it makes it easier and then you can achieve more. So like in our case like this, where it's a rare condition where even information is limited. If two people are on it, then it makes it easier and then we're able to get more out of it. Um, so societal-wise, especially in this part of the world, the Western part of the world, I think is getting better. Um, a lot of men are getting more hands-on. I mean, when I take Olivia swimming, I see a lot of dads with their children. So, um, yeah, it's, it's changing a lot in, in this area. And I think it will just keep changing because people are now going to realize that um, it's best everybody just puts their hands together yeah. and then just make this thing work, yeah. Because yeah. that's what's happening with, like, the youths out there and youths really, you see young black people doing, doing antisocial behavior and if you go down to the roots of it, you see that, okay, maybe there was, there was no father figure available yeah. or there was no, yeah, that male representation and they, they, they looked to gangs and um, criminals to fill that void for them. Yeah. And, yeah, it's... it's so basically just like times have really changed we now have fathers that really want to play an active role and basically creating that space for them yes yeah i like that i like that now let's go back to olivia um i mean i saw her picture she's you know she's so beautiful and can you just run us (laughs) yeah i love her smile can you run us through a day in the life of olivia Oh, right. So, day in the life of Olivia, because of her condition, she's got really low muscle tone. She, she's not able to stand or walk. She's able to sit. So, she's made a lot of progress wow. since, um, because she has a lot of physiotherapy going on. Um, but she doesn't walk and, or stand. So, um, we have to carry her around. So, she wakes up in the morning, we have to carry her and then get her to feed. And also, um, when she was younger, she used to aspirate a lot. So she's not able to take any food orally. So she has a feeding peg. Okay. So we set up her feed, trap feeding peg, and then she has a feed. Um, but she's, she's beginning to get personality. She's loud. Um, she doesn't talk, but she makes a lot of noise. So a lot of syllables almost seems as if she's trying to say some words, um, say something. But yeah, she's very loud. Um, what was that first she, um, coherent she, word that you remember? Like, was it Papa or Mama? No, no, he hasn't reached that level oh, okay, yet. The okay. vocabulary hasn't next, but it's just making different sounds. Sometimes you just wonder, what kind of sound are you making now? Oh. But yeah, she makes a lot of um, sounds. She she reaches a lot. She reaches for all her toys. Um, so once her feed is running, she, we try to engage her in different activities, get her to play with her toys. Um, and then once she finishes with her feed, she has a bath. And then she has preschool. And at preschool... That's where she has a lot of physiotherapy, speech and language. And then that runs for about 
three hours, and then after that she comes home. And that's pretty much it. Um, she has a lot of soft toys. She has, she loves her soft toys, and um, yeah, that's that's. Mm. That's really like around the clock care. So between both of you, how do you coordinate the care she needs? So my wife works more from home, oh, okay. um, but I also work from home one day a week. So yeah, we're able to manage it okay. between ourselves. Oh, yeah. what's her favorite color? By the way, I'm just curious to know. It's blue. Oh. It's blue. So she has a blue teddy bear, and she's always grabbing for it. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the personality because that's my favorite. I mean, I love everything you said about her. So she's oh, she's like almost three now, right? Yeah, she's um, three. She turned three in April. Oh, okay. So yeah. Well, happy birthday! So you know how they all talk about the terrible twos. So speaking of her personality, like can you can you describe some of the spunky ones? <laughs> when you're carrying her, she always wants to grab anything that is close to your neck. So my chain, she has ripped that off a lot of times. My wife chains, um, my wife's earring, and um, she everything. Once you carry her, she tries to grab Grabbed onto yeah. every, anything. Yeah. yeah. And then you're trying to tell her off, and then she's also having an attitude with you, like, why are you trying to tell me off? And I'm like, you're only three years old. Ah, she's the but, queen yeah. of the house. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know, how's her eyesight, right? Like, is she able to see everything? Yes, yes. Her eyesight is really good. Um, it was one of the things we were really concerned about in yeah. the early days, yeah. but that seems to have improved. Um, so, her seizures, she be, she had a lot of seizures during her first year, um, but from when she turned two, the seizures stopped. So oh, thank God. With the with the seizures stopping, she made a lot of progress, like in her eyesight, yeah. in her muscle tone, in her verbalizing a bit. So yeah, that okay. yeah, she's able to see yeah, she sees well, and then she has a really really funny laugh. Aww. Sometimes she's laughing at me. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> Does, I mean, does yeah. she watch like all these baby shows, baby TV? Does, I mean, do you, do you guys allow her like screen time? Yeah, we, we allow her screen time because it's also good for her to um, yeah. improve. Her. Yeah, but yeah, she 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 loves she loves her children's show. <laughs> <laughs> wow, thanks for thanks for sharing that. I just want to imagine that if you had stayed in Nigeria, you know, um, Nigeria is a country that is developing as we know. But some of the support you talked about, say, take for example, even the diagnosis must have been very hard. Uh, the problem with diagnosis in time, I want to do diagnose that you would need a lot of money and a lot of support and, of course, understanding from family members alike to help you out. So would you say, if you were to compare and contrast, would you say it was better that you guys were based in the UK? Or what would you think would have happened if you guys were based in um, Nigeria and you had Olivia? Yeah, I guess in Nigeria, I'm sure it would have been some kind of misdiagnosis, although my sister is a physiotherapist, and when we started seeing some of these symptoms, we explained to her, and she had an inclination that, okay, it might be genetic. So let's not um, slag our Nigerian medical um, system too much. I think it's just a case of resources. Um, I think the the people are knowledgeable. It's just the fact that the resources are not really knowledgeable. So and are not readily available. Um, I guess what would have happened in the case if we were in Nigeria is like they would have diagnosis and said, okay, you guys should go abroad for further treatment, yeah. like they do with most cases. But I'm sure they too would have figured it out. They might have taken longer time, but yeah, I'm sure they would have figured it out. But with a special condition like this, diagnosis is just the beginning of the journey, you know? There's a lot more down the road. So, um... I guess my real question is for for people for parents like you, you know, taking care of a child with special needs, in what capacity or the other, and they are based in countries that are still developing that lack resources. What would you say to them about you know 
as far as um making just what's of encouragement i guess that's the word i'm looking for yeah i guess from my perspective there's just a few things that i see that once you imbibe them even wherever you are it it, it will work for you so having a closer nuclear family unit so this this has brought us together so my wife and i even our extended family so my brother-in-laws uh, my own siblings it has brought us closer together where to, to the extent that everybody's looking out for each other when so my sister that is in Nigeria she goes for conference and she has of any physiotherapy methods we can use she just sends it to us so things like this is is just good to and, and I know a lot of people try to um, just bottle things up. They don't want people to. They don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah. But I mean, to your to your nuclear family, I think it's best to just be open to them, and everybody just knows, okay, we're in it together, and then it just helps you um, achieve more. So that's that's really helped us a lot. Being open with our close family, just to let them know that this is what we're facing, and just getting the support from for for them. Also, the another thing is that. With, with your child with special needs, you have to be the voice for them. So like Olivia doesn't talk, she doesn't, but we are the one that are with her hmm. most of the time. So we're with her 24 seven. Yeah. You take, we take, so sometimes we take her to the, to the hospital or to an appointment and the doctor just sees based on the 20, 30 minutes consultation and they try to brush off things you say, but you, you have to be the voice to say, okay, well, we've noticed these things quite a lot in the child. And then the doctor will say, okay, since, you guys are with the yeah. child and your yeah. parents, okay. then they, they are obligated to look further into the issue and to, like, during the early days, doing the seizures, because the seizures was not like typical, like, rolling on the floor and foaming from the mouth kind yeah. of seizure. It was just a case of, our hands were moving in a pattern that wasn't good. So we went to one of the doctors and I'm like, no, it's not, it's not a seizure. I'm saying, no, we've, we've noticed these things, we've, we've, um, Counted how many times it's happening, so we know there's something definitely going on. Okay, that's okay. Let's do some tests, and then when they did the test, they said, "Oh, I apologize." Okay, oh, wow. and they're now realizing that okay, yes, this is a seizure because they did the EEG and everything, and found that okay. Yeah. But that, that, that that's also as a result of you and your wife being, you know, hands-on and knowing everything you can possibly know about your child's condition. So kudos to you guys for you know really speaking speaking on behalf of your daughter, like you said, being being her voice. Yeah, you have to be their voice, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that means parents have to like be more observant. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. and then, yeah. And then the most important thing is just you have to keep believing. You have to believe that because if everything we read on the internet is what we go by in terms of what this condition is, then you are just giving up because yeah. the life expectancy and everything they put around the condition is so low. But just have to keep believing that okay, this is a spectrum, and we hope for the best for our child. Yeah. And we are Christian, which also helps. Um, our faith also helps. We we believe, and then. Every day we just keep believing, keep making up positive confessions of what we want to see in her. And then, yeah, that has helped a lot in, in making our richer milestones. I like that. I like that. That's, you know, that sounds very positive. Um, and because you mentioned religion, I'd like to just ask this. I'm, I'm curious to know, because given our background as Nigerians and also as Christians, you know how we can get to be spiritual about things like, oh, you can pray this away, you can pray that away. Have you had anyone, you know, mention that to you guys? Or if you say this prayer or if you, you know, bind and cast or things like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and how do you respond to that? Um, I mean, we have just decided that, like, we we know that our own belief is that faith without works is dead. So we believe. But we also believe that you have to work. So 
we do all the physiotherapy, we do go to all the appointments, and we believe we have faith that through one of these methods, God will would make his will, will do his miracle. But we've had people come to us that ah, why did you people allow this to happen? You you should have prayed it out, you should have um cast it out of just I mean, there's a doctrine out there, there's some Christian doctrine out there that that make you believe that you can make your own destiny yeah. by force. And if something is not going the way you want, you have to, by force, um, proclaim it out of your life. It might work for some people, it might not work for some people, but in our case, what we just believe is that we keep believing, we have the faith, um, but there's also work we need to do. Uh, we'll work with the doctors, we'll work with Olivia, and then, yeah, at the end of the day, we will turn out positive so yeah um is i guess it's down to you and and your level of faith and your level of belief yeah yeah. oh thank you for answering that um the groups support groups you have outside of your family so you're very much involved in the um deletion syndrome group in in the uk how has that been very helpful to you and your wife you know as far as olivia's journey is concerned yeah that's been the most practical um help we've seen because it's a group of other families that have a child that has the same condition and then we meet up every year, once every year, physically in one in in one of the cities around the UK. Yeah. But the Facebook Facebook group is also there for like if you notice something, you just post it within the group and somebody just says, Okay, okay, this is what you need to do. And for us, when we joined the group, Olivia was the youngest child there. So uh, for us it was good to see children that are older than Olivia. So when they give us the assurance that okay, yes, she can outgrow it and yeah. So it gives us give us a chance to see older children that are doing well, that are the same conditions that are doing well, they they have good quality of life. Um and then it was also good to see people that saw Olivia and were really impressed uh, as to the level she was at age she was. So people came to us and like, Wow, um when our child was this age they couldn't do this, but you guys are really lucky. And then just about sharing different resources that okay. There's this therapy you can go for. There's yeah. this website. There's this chair you can buy. There's this. Just it's just the practical stuff that you can that you get from those groups. Yeah, that's that's been really good. I like that. I like that. So perhaps those might be listening. Even if you don't find any group online, or you can actually make one. I mean, make yeah. one. It takes a lot of vulnerability, but there's always a community for it. You know, and um, and I can imagine that when you guys get together, it's more meaningful because it's specific to what you guys are all going through. And you can, like you said, you can see the spectrum. Like, oh, if my child turns ten, these are the possibilities of what you know she can do. Or oh, look at my child currently; she's actually doing more than what most of the kids doing her age, you know, did. And I like that. You know, I that that's really a hopeful um message, Mr. Ken. Thank you. Now I'm curious to know what's the life expectancy for people with deletion syndrome. Like, do you guys have an idea? No, it's just around the symptoms that come with it. So the low muscle tone is really um, one of the things. So because, you know, with low muscle tones, so the heart is a muscle, the lung is a muscle, yeah, comprises of muscle. muscle. Because these kids have low muscle tones, so it can affect things like the breathing or the, the heart rate. So every year we're having to do, like, cardio tests. Um, we're having to check. Um, but all the prognosis have been looking good. All the tests have been looking positive. The muscle tone is getting better with physio, but that's the main thing, that low muscle tone. I mean, the other one is the um, learning difficulties, and that's just a spectrum. Um, I mean, some children will learn faster, some will learn slow, so it's just a case of helping them to reach that milestone. 
um, but we are lucky in the UK they they understand that children have different educational needs. So with each level of education you go to the they cater to those needs. So yeah, um we we are quite positive that she she will be able to live a fully functional life. So yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um I guess my last question would be um for Olivia, like I hope she gets to listen to this and just, you know, hear in her, like, her dad's voice and also the echo of your wife's voice as well. How much, you know, um, you guys love her and just how much you're hopeful about her. But I'd like to give you the opportunity to say something to her, like, about your hopes and your dreams for her, if she ever gets to listen to this. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm sure you definitely get to listen to it. And what I'd like to say to Olivia is that she's beautiful. And she's specially able. Um, we don't see her. We don't see it as a disability. We just say she's specially able, and we believe that she's going to live a full, full, um, functional life, and that she'll be able to achieve anything she puts her mind to. And then she should always show love to people. And um, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was that was sweet. I'm actually very I like. Just, <laughs> that was really sweet and so Olivia you've heard it from your dad you know he loves you and you're beautiful like he said you're specially able that you can do anything you want and um I, I mean that was beautiful Mr. Kenny just thank you I, I, I'm so honored to have heard about Olivia's story and you know just using this platform to talk to you know people that might be going through this that hey it's okay. There's, you know, Mr. Kenny talked about his experience with his daughter and how him and his wife are working as a team to provide the best life they can provide for Olivia. So if you're in this situation as well, perhaps you have a family member. It might be a sibling or maybe your parents. You know, there's always a community for it. And let us know how we can help on the show. I brought Mr. Kenny on the show so he could speak to that directly. That there's always a community for that, you know. Just going online, or even even starting a group. Whatever we can do on the show, be it, you know, talking about it or helping you raise awareness or putting an announcement out for people to join your community, please let me know and I will do my hardest to find a community for you. Um, Mr. Ken, I don't know if you had any final thoughts before I close this up. I just want to like to say thank you for having me and then for anybody out there that has a child in any similar situation, and the most important thing is just show your children love. You'll be surprised that kids notice this thing. Once you show them love, I mean, love is really powerful. It is a very powerful emotion. Once you keep showing them love and they sense it, it has healing powers too. They are able to respond to their love. So no matter what, what the situation is, just keep showing love. I like, be okay. I like that. And I speak to the fact that the mentality of a Nigerian father, or let me just be bold and say African father, is someone that is strong, someone that is a disciplinarian, someone that brings home the money. And I find that like growing up, like in a lot of family that component of love as far as it being expressed because i know fathers love their kids in a certain way but love being expressed and being like being there attentive love being there and being you know intentional being mindful about your kids 
and showing them love, not just by actions, but also saying it. Yeah, by affirming it. Affirmation of love, yeah. That was missing for me growing up, you know. And, you know, I've come a long way from that. But, you know, like he said, like, it's good to provide financially and all that for your kids, but you need to affirm those love. And that goes a long way. How much more for kids that have, you know, a long road of, as far as developmental delays and all that ahead of them. And I really want to pick on something you said that, you know, she's specially abled. I like that word, and I think it's something we should, that's right kind of vocabulary to keep using because we're all yep. differently able we don't all have to function in the same way or do things in the same way we'll have you know our purposes are different on earth so i like that you know word that you crafted thank you mr kelly thank you for having me all right well um everyone that was the show um just uh, email me like mr kenny did whatever topics you'd like to explore however i can help you build community and find your people or your tribe out there. Even if, if it means I'm being a part of that community, whatever it is, please let me know. Um, I'm very curious to explore stories and you know, provide support for anyone listening to this. Um, check out the website, www.mosibyl.com. There's so many other episodes uploaded already. I also have a survey that I'm currently running for the next two months so I can hear more about the show from you, what you think about the show, what I can do to make it better. And these responses are anonymous, so... Just tell me what you think and I'll, you know, work on implementing your suggestions. All right, guys. Um, thank you for listening. And I'm um, catching you guys on another episode of the Most Sport Podcast. I remain your host, Mosibo. Thank you, Mr. Kenny. My regards to Tutu and give a kiss to Olivia. We'll do. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 She sees, she says she wants everything she wants. I see she gets. That's my daughter in the water. Everything she owns, I bought her. Everything she owns. That's my daughter in the water. Everything she knows, I taught her Everything she knows Everything I say She takes to heart Everything She takes She takes apart She fell, I caught her Every time she fell and That's my daughter in the water I lost every time I fought her Yeah, I lost every time Every time She blinks She strikes somebody blind Who'd have ever thought her? Who'd have ever thought?